To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on the newly minted TikTok at Positive Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm, and Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. Check out my YouTube channels. YouTube is Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Gee, the news cycle is dead. I'm not really sure what to talk about. Then again, do I really want to go ahead after that giant meltdown I had on... Actually, that wasn't really a meltdown. I consider that one of my best... Probably my best Sunday leftovers since I started doing Sunday leftovers. That was one of the best podcasts I've done uh, to date. It definitely measures up there as far as rants cohesiveness, uh, aggression, and uh, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly felt pretty good after that smackdown uh, of you fools. But uh, today is another day. Um, don't tell me where you've been or what you've done. You know, what have you done for me lately? So I'm not going to live on yesterday's past trophies. Mm. But I will enjoy some of today's coffee. Aroma Joe's has been extending there. Just so you know, if you are a healthcare worker, you can still go get free Aroma Joe's uh, at any location. Just show your badge. Badge. B-A-D-G-E. Badge. Don't mistake my wording. And they'll give you free iced or free hot coffee. You guys have been working really, really hard out there. A lot of confusion for uh, who is an essential employee. 
But then again, go into your go to your local state uh, government website and look that up and see what you got to do. But I'm not, I don't want to talk about it too much. I feel like this is the podcast and the website and the company in which innovation, especially now more than anything, innovation of yourself and of your company and of your hobby is what's going to allow you to make it to the next level. What's allow, What's going to allow you to, well, allow your company to survive, allow you to survive and thrive and be of more value to the community um, as far as what you can do in times like this. And if you can get through this without uh, hoarding uh, hundreds of dollars of toilet paper, I think you might have a shot just yet in this world. I mean, I'm just looking at my stock portfolio right now and I just keep buying. I just keep buying anything else. I don't care what it is. Loading up on JetBlue, mortgage trust companies, um, any anything, any, anything that has one shred of hope after this crisis is over, and then pff, it's just going to go through the roof. So I'm right now. I'm I'm investing in uh, my future instead of trying to hope for the fact that I don't die. So I mean, the fact is, is that I'm not really. I at the end of the day, life must go on. Life must go on, and whether we like it or not, I I think eventually another month of this, and people are gonna bust like people are regardless of what the state or the government or uh just communities in general i think people are going to be like fuck it like may like 30 days indoors i'm pretty sure the populace is going to be like nope i'm all done playing nintendo i finished all of my netflix series there's nothing else to look up i'm sick of my fucking kids i can't stand my husband I'm tired of being shacked up here. Let's go find some COVID. And they're, they're going to venture out there, and they don't give a shit what they catch. They'll take COVID, uh, AIDS, chlamydia. They don't care. They're hitting it up. They're going to the movie theaters. They're going to raves. They're doing hits of ayahuasca. In a 30 days, nobody's going to give a shit. There could be a risk of a fucking asteroid hitting their state. They don't care. The people are going out and partying. Weddings are still on. Restaurants, surf and turf. We don't care. This is what we do. Don't give a shit. We didn't care before. Why do we care now? So don't tell me about staying in. First of all, we never listened to celebrities to begin with. So why are we going to listen to them now? Why are we going to listen to anybody? Doctors. Why are we going to listen to our doctors? Why are we going to listen to our heroes? We do nothing like that. So we're just going to, we're going to probably hold tight for maybe another 30 days. And then the people that still don't have jobs or the, well, so a lot of people didn't have jobs to begin with. Um, and the news is just going to keep piling on to the point where people just are not going to want to stay indoors. People are just going to bust and they're going to want to leave and they're going to want to go out and do adventure in the streets. You're going to have, you're going to have fucking block parties. You're it, this it's not you can't contain something like this you cannot contain humanity Con, humanity wants to get out and humanity will get out and it's only a matter of time and i give it i give it 30 days i don't think we could stay indoors for 2 months i don't i just i don't see it, it, it there's a okay i get there are rules there are laws and there are people telling us what to do and we never listened to them. We never listened to them. We went in our houses out of fear. We will leave our houses out of boredom. Eventually, we just say, fuck it. We don't care. And that's just what we do. And we risk it. That's what life is. We just risk it. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what's, I'm telling you what's going to be. And it's just a matter of time. And I think that we literally can't stand to look at ourselves in the mirror for another 30 days and i think by may at the latest june we're gonna be busting nuts and we're gonna we're just gonna go running for the door and that's gonna be that and i don't know what to tell you beyond that it's just it's gonna be wild it's gonna be it's gonna be wild and uh all i can say is get your popcorn and your cell phone camera because it's gonna be some interesting shit going on so you know, cheers to the apocalypse. It is here, and it's definitely not going to be what you expect. Mm.
by then everybody's gonna have it anyways. Um, so yeah, and I just I just want to briefly mention that this is just humanity, and this is how humanity acts. As far as what I've been up to, I've been perfectly fine. I'm fine. How are you? But I do have, uh, as far as the, 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 you de- okay, definitely go and check out Sunday Leftovers, Leftovers if you missed last week, if you missed Sunday's podcast. It was a solid 30 minutes of tearing down. But uh, anyways, I got five decent uh, Q&As today. I got a couple articles. Uh, well, one actually. It's about some cheese I discovered from Sardinia. And uh, speaking of utilization, I want to talk about, actually, before I get to how I'm uh, keeping up, the there's a new website that my buddy Turcotte has just unveiled. You can go to, just go check it out. It's basically a website, if you just want to, if, if you're just tired of the news and you just want to read shit that absolutely makes no sense, is a quick read, uh, is not factually accurate, it's just a silly made-up news blog channel, go to poppycrock.com, P-O-P-P-Y-C-R-O-C-K, poppycrock.com. I'm not a contributor there. I don't have the time to allocate such blogage, you know, to to them, but there are other uh, pen writers over there that are hitting it up, and there's tons of content already up there. So go and check it out. It's basically silly conceptual news blogs. There's a team of pen names over there. You can support the, the newly minted website by going to paypal.me slash poppycrock, and there's a bunch of silly stuff there, and they're just making shit up uh, every single day. So be sure, and the website looks great. In my opinion, it's the best work that Turcotte's ever done, and uh, I wish him all the best in his adventures. And uh, yeah, I'm a supporter of the website. I don't really give a shit. Um, I'll stand behind the silly bitch, and... Uh, well, just expect more to come and go and check it out and see if it's your if you're a thing. Mm. But also, I did. Uh, there's there's a, a weird thing about um, Apple. I want to talk about Apple laptops real quick. I want to get into some tech stuff since since the news is kind of broke. It's been hard to kind of find um, articles that I would actually enjoy reading. You know, besides anything about flattening the curve or uh, you know, Wuhan, China, or eating bats. You know, shit like that. Um, that's one thing. Yeah. So, actually, let me write something down really quick. Bats and... Oh, yeah. Veal. There we go. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Anyways. So, one thing I've been wanting to do for the longest time, because obviously you guys know I restore laptops. I restore computers. I try to get them functional again. I just successfully finished an old Celeron computer, which is... A Celeron was one of the crappiest processors uh, that Intel ever made. It was fucking slow. Actually, it wasn't slow. It had, it had this thing called caching. Mo- most processors have this thing called caching, but its cache was so small when you opened a program, it would basically max out the processor every single time. So you really had to strip down the computer to the point where it would handle. It handles, you know, basic functions. You know, internet, YouTube, uh, Netflix, but. It will not run anything graphic uh, crazy with graphics. It's just it isn't built for that. It's designed. It was like the original Chromebook. That's what what it w- was, and it will never amount to anything more than that. But because I stripped it sounds stripped it down so much and gave it su- and gave it a, a certain function, it will work as a uh, a strong Roku and a YouTube thing, and it'll be perfect for uh, my cricket lounge where I watch uh, YouTube videos and movies and things like that. So that was a cheap, that was a relatively cheap investment. It only cost me, uh, what, 30 bucks to um, basically just install a brand new hard drive, an SSD drive. So the issue with the MacBook, though, uh, I had a client who bought, like, he was paid, paid 200 bucks for a MacBook, so obviously overpaid. Uh, the problem I have with Apple laptops, here's the thing, it's their operating system. Don't get me wrong, their operating systems are cool, but you can't just install an operating system. In order to install, in, to, in order to install the latest operating system, you have to install the previous version of it. And you can't really, and it's, they really are clo- tight-knit, they're closed, it's hard to find Apple shit. And I was just, I was like, why would I install, try to, try to do this? As far as like, if you're going to install... Um, 
say you want to blank out the hard drive that's already inside your computer and you want to install Windows 7 or Windows 10 or Lubuntu, Linux Ubuntu. All you got to do is just uh, create a jump drive or install or pop the CD in the drive and your computer will basically, for the most part, just wipe out the existing hard drive, install a brand new operating system on it, and then basically, besides some updates, you're done. With an Apple laptop like a MacBook Pro, not the case at all. They have like four different settings that you have to unmount and then click on disk utilities, and it's just a fucking mess. It's, you can't just pop in a, uh, um, a jump drive, wipe the bitch clean from BIOS. You just can't do that. It's just anno- it's, it's In my opinion, it's annoying because they want Apple wants you to use their products. They want you to use their software. But the, at the end of the day, an Apple computer is this. It, the, the guts of it are the same exact shit that you would find in an Acer, that you would find in a Dell, that you would find in a in any other laptop. So, what do you do? Well, I had an extra uh, hard drive kicking around that already came preloaded with Windows 10. So what I did was I ripped out, and I'm going to test this later. I'm going to test the uh, the Apple hard drive that was already in there to see if it's corrupted. But in the meantime, I took the Windows 10 preloaded uh, hard drive, popped it right into this Apple MacBook, and uh, by doing a few Control-Alt commands, I was able to select the Windows operating system, and poof, just like that, this computer now loads... Windows 10 automatically. And it's kind of weird, but really satisfying to see an Apple computer running a Windows product. Now, the question, now the thing is, if I can get it to install Windows, if I can get it to run Windows 10, I can get it to run Windows 7. I can get it to run Linux Ubuntu. The problem is, here's the real annoying thing. Uh, A PC, a personal computer or a laptop, you know, anything that runs Windows has as you know, for the mouse, for the cursor, it has a left and right click. That's how you select your options. On an Apple product, you only get one button. So you click to op- to run a program, and then you click and hold to to drop to have your drop-down option menu. So you don't get to change that when you switch over to Windows 10. So what you have to do is basically buy an external mouse. If you have a desktop, it doesn't matter. You just buy a two-button mouse. But if you have a, a laptop, you have to get an external mouse or some type of external trackpad, and then that'll do the trick. And then you can basically run Windows 10 on a laptop on a MacBook just like you would anything else. And then the bitch of it now is I have to go and find some the drivers for some of the missing, uh, for some of the ha- hardware that's not being detected. Like, for example, whenever you um, reinstall uh, a Windows, Windows 7 or Windows 10 or Ubuntu, you got to go and find drivers that are missing. So it's basically, it's the hardware's way of communicating with the operating system saying, I'm here, this is my name, use me. So you go and you go to like Windows Update or you go to Driver Search and you type in the name of your computer and then you find it. The only problem is I'm not sure if I'm able to find the drivers for like the, the MacBook uh webcam and then a couple other things i'm pretty sure they're out there i will find them and then i will make this computer in windows 10 uh and as as long as i can get everything set up for it i will return it to the client as long as i test it out install a few programs on it and he'll be on his way but it was it was a cool thing to uh do that and just to see if it was possible and I'm actually going to test now. I'm going to do the reverse. I'm going to see if I can take an old dual-core HP desktop and install it with uh, a Mac OS and see if I can do that. It'd just be an interesting experiment because some people prefer... Um, first of all, it's much less expensive. Much less expensive. It's much cheaper to buy a PC product and install... Uh, an Apple operating system on it. Much, much cheaper. Much cheaper. So I that's actually what I recommend. If you wanted to run an Apple, if you wanted to run an Apple computer, the best advice I could get you, give you is buy a PC and install an Apple operating system on it. That's what I would do. Um, so I'm going to try to see if I can make that happen. Be, because why not? Fuck it. I've got eight computers in here right now. Eight, officially eight that run. And I'm going to see if I can make that work. However, if in this case, if I can get 
uh, Apple OS installed on the questionable hard drive, I will pop that back into the Apple Mac MacBook and give it to the client with its original operating system updated. Uh, but if he prefers Windows 10, I just want to be able to give him that options. But if the hard drive is corrupt, uh, I'm not sure I want to do that. But I want to. I just I'm trying to be innovative in a time where it's very important to be innovative. And the more stuff I can repair for people, because people maybe don't have the money to buy new stuff, even though people are itching to buy shit right now. Um, even me. But now is a great time to look at your finances and be like, okay, what can I cut down on? Because I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, you can cut down your actual spending by 30%. Right now, among over anything, you can cut down your spending uh, by 30%. Number one, you can cancel your cable. Number two, you can cancel one of three of your, uh, uh, what do you call it, streaming platforms, your coffee intake what you buy for food, um, any memberships that are deemed non-essential businesses. Yeah, I guarantee you can kick uh, 30% of your output right now if you just go through all your finances. And it's very easy when the shit hits the fan. It's very easy for a human being to be like, I don't need that, I don't need that, and I don't need that. Very, very easy. I've gone through that several points in my life, and it's led me to the position where I'm, I, I don't... I'm not concerned where my next meal is going to come from. There's always food in this house. There's always income coming in. And it's great that this thing is picking up steam. And I put myself in this position to allow for that. I don't have to travel far for anything, for anyone, which allows me the option. If I want to travel a little extra far to meet a client, I can happily do so. Um, anybody has questions or concerns, they can email me at positivesarcasmoutlook.com. They can Zoom with me if they want. You just go ahead and hit me up on Zoom, and we'll go. Ahead, we'll 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 Zoom there. If you guys have questions or comments, or if you're just quarantined and lonely, we can go ahead and chat there. I'm willing to uh, lift your spirits as much as I can. Besides my videos and my clips and my website and my podcast, I'll try to lift your spirits. If you really are down in the dumps over this whole thing. I'll lift your spirits the most I can, whether it be through recommendations, through articles, uh, through my through my Insta- my uh, social media channels, or with but any way I can. And uh, and if you do have don't if you have no use for something in your house, try to sell it. Try to sell it first. You'd be amazed what people are people are looking to spend money. People are always looking to spend money because uh, here's the thing. All the stores are closed, so they can't go to TJ Maxx and buy shit. So they're going to go ahead and look on Craigslist for shit to buy. They're going to look on Facebook Marketplace for shit to buy. They're going to go on Amazon and on eBay for shit to buy. And they're always looking for a deal. So they'll risk contamination if they're going to travel to somebody's house to pick up a barbecue for 40 bucks. They don't care. People are always looking to buy shit. People are greedy. People are hoarders. So take advantage of it. Take advantage of people wanting to spend money and that'll be that. Just make you make your money. You'd be surprised what can stem from it. So do your just do yourself that favor. But in the meantime, while you're making a little extra cash on the side, make sure that you're uh, either investing that cash in the stock market for when it recovers, because eventually these two hundred thousand people are going to get sick and die anyways. So you might as well come out of this thing uh, healthy and wealthy at the same time. There's nothing you can do about them. There's nothing you can do about them besides stay away from them, keep to yourself, and utilize the Robinhood or the E-Trade app and buy up a shitload of stocks. Buy up a shitload of stocks and get your bank account ready. You're protected to up to $250,000 in the trading apps and in your in your bank accounts and your credit unions. So you're not going to lose your money. You're not going to lose your money. You're not going to lose your 401k. You're not going to lose any of that shit. None of it. It's not happening. So don't worry about that stuff. Just focus on... Getting through this because whatever's going to happen out there is going to happen out there. You can't continue. Can, you can't continue to worry about what's on the news because I'm just looking at Dig, the the website Dig.com. I don't go to like you know the actual news websites anymore. I haven't done that in a long time, and there's there's just no point in it. There's very very little information that I deem of actual value in order for me to live a better life. Okay, I mean when you go to a news website, it's all op eds anyways. And you are, it's, it's healthier for you emotionally and physically to actually just avoid that shit altogether because a lot of people are stressed. A lot of people are having a tough time. So 
and we've all gone through it at some in some point of our lives. I was affected by the 2008 crash. That one affected me greatly. That one hurt me mentally, and that one hurt me financially. That one put me in a very difficult position. But I'm able to uh, handle stress. Uh, you know, when I'm hand, I'm able to handle crises crises very well. I got right. I got under it and was able to manage it for six months and came out of it. And uh, ten years later, here I am now. And you just have to focus on, you know, making sure that you don't overspend your limit. And then eventually things will pan pan out. When things like this happen, there's going to be a huge need for people, whatever you do afterwards. People are going to need help and you can be in a position to help them out. And right now you could. Uh, but anyways, I'm starting to get off handle. I wanted to read this article about before we get to Q&A. I wanted to, let's see. Uh, okay, I mentioned Poppy Croc. I wanted to mention this thing because I'm a big foodie. And uh, I wanted to kind of give you something that uh, is kind of, I don't know, off Corona, off the topic, basically. And normally it's a website that I don't go to. There's a thing about certain foods that people won't eat. And what is this for? What is that? Okay, oh, there's two articles. Ooh. Well, let me go ahead and find the other article. It was about, let's see here. Bookmarks. I ordered a brand new. Where the fuck is it? Did I send it to myself? New Hampshire Northwood. Oh, shit. See, I wasn't paying attention. Nice job, fuck ass. Hold on, I'll find it. Is it legal for... Oh, let's see. What is it called? Um. Okay. Casa Mar... Let's see. Let's see. Casa... Oh. Marzu. Casa Marzu maggots. Okay. It's a rare cheese. So let's see. Casa Marzu, also called Casa Mode. It's an actual cheese. Uh, in Sardinia, it's a traditional Sardinian sheep milk cheese that contains live insects larvae, maggots. A variation of the cheese, Casgu Mirzu, is also produced in the southern Corsican villages. Derived from Pecorino. Pecorino Romano is one of my favorite cheeses, by the way. But this one's derived from it. It goes beyond typical fermentation to a stage to the stage of decomposition, brought about by the digestive action of the larvae of the cheese. F- cheese fly. Eh. These larvae are deliberately introduced to the cheese, promoting an advanced level of fermentation and breaking down the cheese fats. The texture of the cheese becomes very soft and some liquid seeping out. The larvae themselves appear as translucent white worms about 8 millimeters long. Uh, it's created by leaving... Okay, fermentation. It's created by leaving whole pecorino cheeses outside with a part of the rind removed to allow the eggs of the cheese, uh, the cheese flies, to be laid in the cheese. It can lay more than 500 eggs at one time. The eggs hatch in the larvae begin to eat through the cheese. The acid of the maggot's digestive system breaks down the cheese's fats, making the texture of the cheese is very soft. By the time it's ready for consumption, a typical Kazamarzu will contain thousands of these maggots. Consumptions. It's considered uh, by Sardinian aficionados to be unsafe to eat when the maggots in the cheese have died. Because of this, only cheese in which the maggots are still alive is usually eaten. Although allowances are made for the cheese that has been refrigerated, which results in the maggots being killed. When the cheese has fermented enough, it is often cut into thin strips and spread on moistened Sardinian flatbread. To be served with a strong red wine, Kazamarzu is believed to be an aphrodisiac, there we go, by Sardinians. Because of the larvae and the cheese can launch themselves for distances. Okay, this is the weird part. Because the larvae and the cheese can launch themselves for distances up to 15 centimeters, six inches for Americans, when disturbed, diners hold their hands above the sandwich to prevent the maggots from leaping. Some who eat the cheese prefer to not ingest the maggots. Those who do not wish to eat them place the cheese in a salad paper bag, a sealed paper bag. The maggots starve for oxygen, writhe and jump in the bag, creating a pitter-patter sound. When the sound subsides, the maggots are dead and the cheese can be eaten. Health Concerns According to some food scientists, it is possible for the larvae to survive for the stomach acid and remain in the intestine, leading to a condition called pseudomyasis. There have been documented cases of that with this. 
Because of the European Union food hygiene health regulations, the cheese has been outlawed and offenders face heavy fines. However, some Sardinians organize themselves in order to make Casa Marzu available on the black market where it may be sold for double the price of an ordinary block of Pecorino. Attempts have been made to circumvent the Italian and EU ban by having Casamarzu declared a traditional food. It has been made in the same manner for more than 25 years and is therefore exempt from the food, ordinary food hygiene regulations. The traditional way of making the cheese is explained by an official paper of the local Sardinian government. If you don't know where Sardinia is, it's a little island right off the coast of, uh, right off the coast of southern Europe. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Our cooperation between sheep farmers and researchers at the University of Cesare developed a hygienic method of production in 2005, aiming to allow the legal selling of the cheese. That's disgusting. Uh, let's see. Other Outside of Sardinia, similar milk cheeses are also produced by the French island of Corsica as a local variation of the Sardinian cheese known as Carzo Mirzu, as well as a number of Italian regions. Uh, Piedmont, Moza, Calibria. Yeah, just a bunch of places. Several other regional varieties of cheese will fly with fly larvae are produced in the rest of Europe. For example, goat milk cheese is left to the open air until the eggs are naturally laid in the cheese. Then it is aged in white wine with grapes and honey, preventing the larvae from emerging, giving the cheese a strong flavor. In addition, other regions in Europe have traditional cheeses that rely on live arthropods for aging and, la- and flavoring, such as the German Milbenska and French Mimolet, both on which rely cheese mites. Cheese mites? That's fucking disgusting. So eventually, basically, this thing goes beyond... I, you aged when you age cheese for a long time, it has a stronger flavor, like Parmesan uh, and Pecorino Romano. They age for like six months to like a couple years, but this goes beyond that. When the fermentation reaches a certain point, point and the cheese starts to decompose, then you got these fucking maggots on there. And you know what? Some things just aren't worth it. Okay, some things just aren't worth it. And there are certain things that I won't eat. Uh, I will eat uh, foie gras, which is basically like a stuffed duck liver. Uh, an overfed duck. But there are certain th- some things I just I just don't need to eat. I really have no use for them. Uh, some things I know just gross me out. Like, for example, like, I mean, I like veal. Don't get me wrong. I, I like veal. I think it's delicious. But I found ways to make certain things taste like veal. Therefore, I don't necessarily need it. But veal is one of those things where I can live without it. I can personally live without it. There are so many other delicious options in food. You got millions of different f- options in steak. You have schnitzel. You have chicken fried steak. You can flatten a chicken cutlet to be perfectly tender. There are so many different types of uh, of meats, meat products out there that I don't need to be. I don't need to be eating uh, a veal, which is a baby cow. I don't need to be eating horse. I don't need to be eating dog. And due to recent events, you won't. You will definitely not see me eating bat anytime soon. However, I heard in India or in one of the in the the southern Asia areas, they have these little crabs, these little mites that are on the islands, and they taste just like shrimp. They the the uh, ocean farm, the ocean, uh, the fishermen, they go and they grab nets of these huge little mites, these little roachy looking things, bugs, and they fry them up and they serve them like little popcorn shrimp, and apparently they're delicious. But that's that's something that's in abundance. Like people eat sardines, kind of the same thing. So those I would try. But some things I just I don't have a taste. I don't really have a taste for because I can visually see it, and uh, especially with cruelty to animals, I try to stay away from places like McDonald's and fast food and stuff like that. So yeah, I have to say no to this uh, maggot cheese. There's there's like I said, same thing. There are too many delicious cheese out there. Too many delicious types of cheeses. I can go down to Sal's on Hanover Street in Boston, and there's hundreds of cheeses there that I can sample from and choose that I don't need to go to extremes uh, for my dairy. It's one thing to drink like raw milk or have or eat raw yogurt. It's another thing to uh, eat a cheese and that it have it eat you. So I'm going to kind of steer clear from that. Uh, we are at 32 minutes. Let's go ahead and just finish it up. Try to keep everything a little bit tighter because my rambling was a little off. Uh, in the beginning of this uh, thingy, uh, this thingy. What the fuck is this thingy? Oh, right, it's the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Ah! Um, okay, let's see. All right. Oh, and I am feeling much better. Thank you for asking. Mm. 
back to drinking coffee again. Not as much as I normally do. I'm actually bring, I'm like I have like a little six ounce cup that I now drink of out of in the mornings, and also. Also in the afternoon, I'm cutting my co- I'm cutting my caffeine. Well, I'm definitely not cutting my caffeine intake. I'm cutting my coffee intake by about, I'd say, seventy five percent, which will allow my stock to last longer as well. But in either case, um, let's go ahead and finish up with some Q and A. I got five articles that we want, uh, five Q and As that I wanted to get to. And uh, if you want to support, if you want to support me, if you don't have to support yourself, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, or you can go ahead and open up the cash app. The cash app will give you $5 and it'll give me $5, or you can go to uh, the, you can click on my Robinhood app link and that will give you a free stock when you fund your account. And then you can buy or sell that, you know, with that stock, it's free money, yo. And then I'll get a free stock out of it as well. So go ahead and check that out. But let's go ahead and just check out the Q&A for today. I got one, two, three, four, five. Okay. And most of them are non-COVID-19 related. So we'll kind of, you know, change things up for a week so you guys don't have to think about it for much. But this first one definitely has something to do with it. Here we go. Is it legal for my company to cut hours in order to absorb all of it, all its workers' $1,200 stimulus checks? I work in an administrative role at a restaurant chain, a national restaurant chain. I just got off of a conference call with corporate in which they told us that if the U.S. government sends us the proposed stimulus checks due to COVID-19, they plan to absorb the money we receive by cutting our hours to reflect the amount. In other words, if each person receives a check for $1,200, $1,200 will effectively go back to the company. Is this legal? Presumably, it will be a sacrifice shouldered by lower-level corporate employees since executives likely make too much money to qualify for the government checks. Uh, in parentheses, my partner lost his job due to service, re- service industry layoffs. So money is a concern during this time. There was now, is this legal? Yes, it is very much legal. However, it is a poor thing to do because it sets a precedent for a certain amount of greed. When you have, when you own a company and you pay employees, the reason you get paid the most is because you absorb, you absorb the amount of risk. So if there's a large amount of risk, you making the most money should be absorbing the losses not your employees, because then it sets a bad example because the word will get around that you're a shitty employer and people won't want to work for you. No matter what happens, they will not want to work for you. There was a company in Tulsa that tried to do this, and this article may have something to do with it. And that article, since the article has gotten out and the outrage has come flying in, that Tulsa, that company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, has actually reneged on its statement saying that it will um, cut company, cut benefits uh, or hours because of the COVID-19 stimulus check. So this article may have something to do with it, but is it legal? Yes. Is it disgusting? Very much so. So uh, at the end of this, when things kind of calm down, you may want to consider uh, looking for a new job. Well, since there's going to be 200,000 deaths in this country in the next two weeks, you might as well start looking now. Uh, anyways, here's the next article. Am I a jerk for not letting my former... Uh, th- by the way, this might be a shorter podcast. This might be more in the Sunday Leftovers uh, category, but that's okay. I'm just going to keep... Uh, I'm milking it right now. Sorry. Am I a jerk for not letting my former roommate move w- in with me and my girlfriend at the last minute? Six months ago, I moved into a, an apartment to be the roommate of this guy. We'll call Joe. It had been going all right. Me and Joe do not dislike each other, but we are not friends either. Okay. So you had a business relationship. I had been looking for a new place with my girlfriend the last three months, and we found a great place. I informed Joe I would not be renewing the lease, and I would be moving out about two months ago to give him plenty of time to move out too. Find a new roommate. What? What? To give him plenty of time to move out too, find a new roommate. I also updated him to jog his memory every week or so. Okay, good. So you did it several times. Well, I moved into a new place four four days ago with my girlfriend. We have been putting our furniture in the last few days, organizing the stuff the usual. Yesterday, I heard the knock on the door open up, and it's Joe with like six suitcases stating the place looks great. I ask him what the hell he's talking about. He says, well, obviously, he's moving in too. I told him I have no clue what he's talking about, to which he said I have been updating him. He figured I wanted him to move in. At this point, I just said I was sorry if that is how he interpreted it, but I did not invite him, and I am not looking for a roommate. He asked me to stay, let me stay with him for, let him stay for a few weeks. In that case, since he has nowhere to go, I said no. 
Since then, from the barrage of angry messages from him, some mutual friends have told me that I could at least help a friend out for a few weeks in these times, and I am a douche for not doing so. Regar- regardless, I feel sort of guilty. Uh, no, you know what? You, you, he should have been prepared. He, he should have been prepared, and regardless of, I mean, I've done some shitty things in, in my past as far as moving out and stuff, but in this case, you're not the asshole. You informed him, you informed him, uh, hopefully, next time do it in writing. You informed him that you were moving out, you reminded him, you never made any mention that he was moving in, and you're moving in, and it's, he didn't, I think this is a case where somebody just didn't get the hint. Somebody didn't get the hint, which happens very often with people because people are fucking stupid. And he, the place looks great. I guess at that point he assumed something that he shouldn't have. And um, I wouldn't feel bad if you said no. If you said yes, okay, that's one thing. But sometimes people just don't want to leave. And then the situation can, can become worse because then you become you try to be gracious and offer them a place to stay for a few days. And then all of a sudden you become a bigger asshole because they don't, they don't leave. And then you make them leave. And then you're even bigger asshole because you did that when you were merely just trying to be nice and you're not friends either. You guys aren't friends. You guys were roommates and nothing more. You clearly stated that. So fine. Uh, he needs to go find his own place and that's his problem. That's his problem. And that's that. And I wish you all the best with you and your girlfriend and your new place. So let's move on to the next article. What's this one about? Love ladies, late wife. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. This one. Uh-oh. Should I let my 11-year-old son go to a furry convention by himself? I am a single mother of an out and proud gay 11-year-old boy. What? 11 years old? All right. Okay, I'm going to put that aside for now. I'm bisexual myself. Gee, wonder how this worked. I wonder how this happened. So he said he has always felt safe confiding in me about his sexuality, even though he's 11 years old. But there's a new development, one I'm having trouble fully getting behind. Abel has discovered the furry community on- online and took it to like a fish to water, if you will. He now says that he is a skunk and would like like me to exclusively refer to him by the name of his skunk persona, Abel, or rather Zephyr, bought a large fake skunk tail that he attaches to the back of his jeans and wears around the house and also sometimes out of the house. If large gatherings of people are ever something that happens again, he wants to attend his furry convention later this year. I'm not really opposed to the idea of Abel being an anthropomorphic skunk per se, anthropomorphic skunk per se, but I'm not sure about my 11-year-old son jumping into a culture that, based on my reading, sometimes has a sexual element tied to the into the cuteness. If Zephyr were to attend one of these conventions, I would insist on coming along, which he has already complained about. I'm generally open-minded and accepting, and it's certainly possible that I would come around on the whole thing once I met some of his friends, but I'm still struggling. Uh, but I'm still struggling. Do you think I need to pump the brakes in the entirety Entire furry thing until Abel is a little bit older. Okay, well, Slate wrote in here, uh, isn't inherently about sexuality. In the letter, I write his sons. It can, may not have a sexual component in any case. Okay. All right, first of all, your kid's fucked. You fucked your kid up. All right. Maybe, was he born gay? Possibly. But the fact is, is your kid's fucked up. You obviously didn't discipline him right. There's something completely wrong here. You haven't been keeping tabs on him. You haven't been paying attention to the little shit. And now he wants to go and dress up like fucking Pepe Le Pew and run around with run around with a bunch of adults. You fucked up your kid. And it might be too late for him. And I wish you all the best. But number one, no. Any any convention in general where there's going to be a lot of adults around, you need to be in attendance too. Okay. I wouldn't, if I had a kid, I wouldn't even let my kid into fucking church without supervision, especially nowadays. I wouldn't at all. No, your, your, your kid's fucked up, and I wouldn't send him to a place where adults are fucked up. Don't tell me a furry convention is perfectly normal, where people, where adults are just having fantasies and having fun. No, they're not. They're completely fucked up individuals who like to dress up like animals. And now you're going to name your kid Zephyr? I wouldn't even name my kid Tucker. Yeah, your kid's fucked up. He's, uh, he's into fucked up shit, and um, I'm sorry for your loss. So that's the end of that. Um, oh, and the, yeah, the, the uh, original answerer says it, it doesn't necessarily have, furry communities may not necessarily have a sexual component. Yeah, they do. Dressing up in weird outfits has everything to do with a sexual, has everything to do with fantasy. And then when it's an adult, when, it's, when it has to do with adults, it's 
always going to get perverted. So, yeah. Good luck to you. Here's the next one. How can I convince my husband to throw away all the letters he exchanged with his late wife? My husband, Charlie, uh, and I have been married for seven years. We are in our mid-60s. This is the, uh, the second marriage for both of us. He was widowed some years before we met. We had a good, we've had a good marriage. He is sweet and caring, but one issue causes friction between us. It's about letters he and his late wife exchanged. They were high school sweethearts. She kept all the letters he sent her when he was away in college, and after she died, he wanted to keep them. It bothers me that he's still attached to them. Whenever we talk about the subject and I ask him to dispose of them, he gets defensive, says he doesn't understand why it bothers me and accuses me of being unreasonable. He says I don't even let him have a picture of his late wife among our family pictures around the house. My first marriage was very troubled, and I never wanted a picture of my late husband, but Charlie's, Charlie's was a happy one. Am I unreasonable, or is it time to let the past stay in the past? as painful as it might be to detach from objects that were an intimate part of a previous of his previous marriage. Okay. You need to let this one go. It, they were high school sweet, sweethearts. This was somebody he was with for 40 something years. Somebody that was a, 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 a basically a physical asset attached to the hip for his, for his basically his entire life for his entire life. And this, all he's asking for, this is not somebody he's texting on the side or whatnot. This is his dead wife of 40-something years. and Or I think at least uh, seven years. Yeah, it's like 30-something, 40-something years. And for him to, you can't ha- ask him to throw, you can't tell him what to do in this situation. He's a grown man. He's clearly, you have a good marriage. And for you to push something like this, it's going to make, it's going to trouble the marriage way more. And I, you have to back off on this. You have to back off on this because this is the one memento he has of his dead wife. And if he wants to dispose of it or eventually give it away or do something with it, that eventually he might decide to let it go. But since he's in his late 60s, it's hard for people in that age group, even for me, to, to let shit go. And that's, that's, something you can't, that's something you can't really wipe out. You just kind of have to leave it alone. You really do have to consider leaving it alone. No, just, I'm telling you, Leave it the fuck alone because it's only going to put a damper on your relationship. And you need to tell him that you're going to back off on it because you're his wife now and you need to be supportive of him at this time because any stress, especially right now, is not a good thing. So I think that you need to significantly just go away on this one and allow him to keep the pictures. They're just pictures. They're just pictures. And this, but they are representation of a time of his life that was very valuable to him. And you need to be supportive of the fact that he just at least wants to have those memories. And whatever he does with those pictures after he's gone, they can be passed on. And they can tell a wonderful story. They can tell a story of somebody who was with somebody for so long, but after that person died, they held on to the pictures, but they were able to move on and meet somebody else. And that's, just, that's, that's an important thing right there. The fact that you were with somebody for so, so long and then they passed away, whether tragically or naturally, but you were still able to, by your own choice, move on and meet someone else and, and, and live a happy life because of it. There's some value to be, uh, there's a real lesson to be learned in all of that. So what you need to do is just allow him to keep those pictures and that's all, I, that's what I really want to say to you in this factor, in, in this situation is that, he has those pictures. He knew her since he was in his teens. So you got to let it go. Uh, let's move on to the next one. We're at 46 minutes. Let's keep banging away. Uh, how many more do I have left? I got two. Okay. Uh, BF message, ex-girlfriend. Which one is that? That's that one. And that's the... Okay, th- these two are pretty short. So, Why does my boyfriend keep messaging his ex-girlfriend even though she blocks and ignores him? My boyfriend, whom I live with, texts his ex-girlfriend via social media nonstop. She, however, has blocked him and ignores him, although he keeps finding ways to contact her. I've asked him why he does this, and he, his answer is he has a connection with her, and he knows she is his friend. It hurts me, but he keeps to his story. I need to know, am I just the second best because he, she does not want him? Yeah, that's what you are. He's somebody who refuses to let go. He's got some type of weird obsession that he, you, he obviously can't kick, kick and... He maybe if you are that good, he does not know what he has until it's gone. And you need to at this point, you do have to offer an ultimatum. And remember, life is about your own best interests. 
seeking out your own individually individual uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning. And the fact that he's too busy trying to text somebody who's already blocked the shit out of him, the fact is, is that he needs to um, look, wake up one day and realize that you're not there because you've moved on. You live with them, so you need to make plans to get out. That's it. You can't be codependent in this situation either. You need to become your own fucking woman and kick this dude to a curb, and he eventually you'll probably end up being the one he's trying to text even though you blocked the shit out of him. But the fact is, is the dude's got some problems, and you don't want people texting X. In most situations, in the vast majority of situations, you do not want your partner texting the X. Texting the X. It's, it's not healthy. And you, it's especially unhealthy when they're texting each other and it's about stuff that you don't know about. Problems or complaints about you that you don't know about. So with that situation, you know what? I'll tell you, girl, there's plenty. Wait, she, however, has blocked him. Okay. You need to kick him to the curb and you need to go and take care of yourself and do your own things. You'd be surprised. I'm actually pretty supportive of women on this platform. Despite how, you know, neo-masculine I may come off as. Don't let the purple shirt fool you. But, yeah, you got to texting his ex-girlfriend via social media. Yeah. See you later, bro. You're all done here. You are you a bitch. All right. Last article for the last blog for the day. This one. Let's see. Okay. Uh, this one is kind of COVID related. How can I get my how can I get over my anger at my family for refusing to come to my daughter's birthday party because of social distancing? My wife and I have two children who live with us and an extended family we call the family. My daughter turns 13 at the beginning of April and is typically the last of seven late winter and early spring birthday parties for the family. Uh, We had scheduled her uh, party for this weekend. We had scheduled her party for the first weekend in April. We attended one of the other seven kids' birthday parties a week ago. Now that my daughter's party is coming, everyone is canceled. I know they are not canceling out of anything but safety for their families, but I am angry at all of them for disappointing my child. How do I tell my daughter that we have to cancel her party after canceling a long-anticipated spring break trip, a musical theater production, and a softball season, and my anger at the other parents for disappointing my child? This is... This is just shit you need to get over. People are concerned for their own well-being and their own family. This has nothing to do with you. If they want to send presents or send well wishes or send cards, that's great. This is a time where everybody's cutting everybody's cutting back, trying to take care of the shit in their own household. Vacuum your own house. Take care of your own fucking kid. You can't be getting angry at other people because they want to do social distancing for health and wellness reasons. That's something that you can't be bitching and getting angry about. Uh... I, I get it. And if they're not, they're called family. I'm not sure what that is. But either way, they, they're, maybe it's because of uh, state mandates, city mandates, or they're just trying to protect themselves because maybe somebody's got an autoimmune disorder, or they just want to remain healthy and not risk what they may or may not already have. So the fact that you're, you have to get, yeah, you have to, how can I get over your, how can I get over my anger? You just get over it because you're angry for no reason whatsoever. You're angry because people are canceling because they're trying to protect themselves. That's their prerogative. There's nothing you can do about it. So you just kind of need to deal with it. And I hope you haven't done anything stupid like call them or get mad at them or whatnot. And what? Because all of a sudden your kid can't have a birthday party one year? Big fucking deal. Uh, Kids are fucking spoiled nowadays anyways. They get everything at all times. They're never told no. There's no actual punishment. Kids run around like crazy, throw shit everywhere and stomp and scream and yell. And apparently some of them are going to furry conventions because their mom doesn't know how to handle it. So the fact is, oh, my God, we have to cancel one birthday party. The kid will never remember that shit. The kid will forever remember that shit. And you know what? That's a good thing. Kids need to remember certain amounts of trauma. Uh, Kids need to remember certain amounts of disappointment, certain amounts of discipline. It'll help them be better adults. Trust me. You don't need the, you know, it's not going to ruin the kid because one year they couldn't. It's a fucking pandemic. What do you expect? It's a pandemic where everybody's running to the hills and just trying to take care of themselves. So this is an unprecedented situation. It's not like, oh, I have other plans or we got this thing. It's uh, no, it's called COVID-19 and we're trying to stay safe here with my family Um, because this is basically an airborne STD. Everybody that you came in contact with and everything like that. So 
they're doing their own thing, and you just need to get over it. We are at 53 minutes. I'm definitely done for the day. I kept it quick and pretty simple, and I definitely could have tightened it up to an easy 40 to 45, but hey, I'm not that good. What can I tell you? <laughs> Hold on. Mm. Anyways, yes, we are done for the day. Thank you to all the new subscribers, listeners, watchers, commenters. If you want to be a guest in this podcast, you can go to positivesarcasm.com and just uh, contact me there directly if you want to sip coffee at the podcast studio, the Spare Parts Studios, which is alive and well during this pandemic. You can just uh, email me directly at positivesarcasm.outlook.com or you can just email me through my website. You can hit me up through social media. Uh, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm and facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Hit me up through my YouTube channels, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast and the newly minted TikTok, which is basically the same thing like my other social media channels at positive sarcasm. Uh, if you're looking for posing music for your eventual uh, fitness shows, you can go to positive sarcasm.com slash posing music. And uh, what else? I don't know. I have no fucking idea, but we're going to be done with it anyways. Either case, I'm going to end with today's show. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, TuneIn, uh, and Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are available. So until then, uh, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.